When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. Alongside Myron Metcalf, my name is Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, so Myron, you and I did the show yesterday. 24 hours later, 252,000 different college football teams have changed conferences. A lot, a lot to make sense of here. I'm not going to go through all the audio and all the details of the boards of regents who voted and the governors. I don't think the listeners necessarily care about the suits. Here's what they care about. Not too long ago, it was USC and UCLA who said, see ya, we're going to the Big Ten. After that, recently, we heard about Colorado telling everybody they're out, they're going to the Big 12. Then yesterday, the rumors started about Oregon and Washington jumping to the Big Ten. That has, in fact, happened at least according to our own Pete Thamel. Sources, Oregon and Washington have been officially voted into the Big Ten by the league's president's announcement coming soon. So with them jumping, then the scramble kicked into high gear. Arizona already expected to go to the Big 12. Arizona State and Utah today, this afternoon, they're now rumored to be jumping to the Big 12, which leads Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford still in what people are saying on Twitter is now the Pac-4. This is the end of the Pac-12 as we know it, right? We got one more year of this, and then it's gone. What do you make of it? It's the power four now. Um, Because, you know, um, even if the Pac-12 tried to poach the Mountain West, maybe the American, to try to get some different teams, it wouldn't be a power league, you know? And I think that's what's happened overnight, literally overnight. But I understand why Pac-12 fans are sad, uh, upset about this development. But we got to go back a decade, Joe, and look at some decisions that were made. Larry Scott was the former commissioner, didn't do what he should have done with the Pac-12 network, making that more profitable, bringing in more TV revenue. And he had a chance to bring in Texas and Oklahoma. And he said, you know what? We don't need them. We're good where we are. And that was his last opportunity, whether he realized it or not, to be on top in a moment like this. And instead, the Pac-12 was falling apart as a result of that decision. So I'm looking at the quotes from Larry Scott going all the way back to what I believe is uh, 2011. 2011. Okay, 2011. Apparently the Pac-12 trying to start a coup. They wanted to get Texas and Oklahoma, like Myron said, over to the Pac-12. It didn't work. Larry had this to say, quote, we could have expanded, but the deal didn't make any sense at the end of the day for us, especially (laughs) given the position that we are in. There is a very high bar. It's hard to imagine very many scenarios for our conference to expand because the bar is so high. Fast yeah. forward 12 years later, the bar is the bar's not existing no bar. at this point. <laughs> I mean, like Fresno <laughs> State at the, the Pac-12 saying no. <laughs> yeah, folks are at the bar. I mean, that's what's happening, right? <laughs> Try to figure it out. Let me tell you something oh, about the Pac-12, Joe. Go ahead. You go to their media days during the Larry Scott era. They had some of the most expensive offices in college sports. That's legit. Their I was right down the street from San Francisco. When I used to work oh, at 95-7, the game, the Pac-12 was right down the street. I'd pass it every day thinking about the real estate there. 
we go to media day and they'd have this catered thing on the rooftop. And in my mind, I'm going, how can they afford this? Like, right. There's just so much money. And you have schools being like, where's the TV money? And now they're now it cost them because now your school said, listen, we're going to get with some guys who have a guaranteed stream of income, not a maybe with the streaming deal that they presented to their schools initially. So if you're trying to make sense of all of this, here's what it looks like as of right now. USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon going to the Big Ten. Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah going to the Big 12. This isn't all official, but some of these teams like USC and UCLA, that's already done. Everyone's jockeying in the, in the position. It looks like this is how it's going to play. Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford on the outside looking in. What do you think happens there? Like, for those four, if you're Oregon State and Washington State, are you joining the Mountain West? Are you trying to squeeze into the Big 12? Because we've talked about this, and every analyst, Heather Dinich to Pete Thamel, to everyone here at ESPN, has done a great job breaking this down. There's only so much pie you can cut up. And at some point, do you really want to give an equal share to Washington State that you're going to be giving to, say, like this year, a team like Texas, or in the future, a team like Kansas State or whatever it may be? Not to knock any of those schools, it's just that's how they evaluate this sort of thing. So what do you think happens for those four squads? Well, I think that's an important you know, thing to discuss, right? Because Oregon-Washington may have to come in at a discount. Might not get the full share right away. Same with these other schools coming to the Big 12. Correct. So there's a money consideration there. I don't think there's any value to the remaining leagues for a Washington State and an Oregon State, a Cal, and a Stanford. I think Stanford, there's been rumors that maybe they go independent, uh, try to take the Notre Dame route. They've got a gigantic endowment. Stanford's going to be okay, right? What are Stanford's the biggest, be best all right. athletic departments in yeah. the entire country? They They're win the Directors' be all right. Cup. Yeah, they win the Directors' Cup, which is like the race across all sports like every year. Cal might be in a different boat. Oregon State, Washington State, I think those are the kinds of programs that are vulnerable to going from being viewed as a Power 5 school to maybe being not a mid-major but more of a Mountain West kind of school. I think that's their only option is to try to latch on to a league like that and just hope for the best. But this is going to leave a bunch of schools behind who are not in that top tier and are not valued uh, by some of these leagues who are trying to make as much money as they can. We're going to open up the phone lines all night. I specifically want to welcome two groups of of callers to the show. Everyone's always welcome, but I want to welcome two groups of callers specifically. If you are a fan, alumni, whatever it may be, of Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal – Call the show, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What do you want to see happen next? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I also want to open it up to the ACC because the Big Ten's strong. The SEC is strong. The Big 12 looks like when we were questioning whether or not them losing Texas and Oklahoma was going to be the end, they did everything they needed to do to bulk up that roster. They might not be on par with the other two, but they're certainly going to rank number three. What's going to happen with the ACC? If you are a Clemson, Florida State, Virginia Tech fan, Miami, anybody in the ACC, phone lines are open all night. We want to hear from you guys as to what you want to see happen. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Myron was talking about the money. This is important because Oregon and Washington coming to the Big Ten, they're not supposed to get the full share, the revenue share, the TV share right away. They're supposed to get the full share once they get to the next TV deal later in the decade. Here's Pete Thamel, ESPN college football insider, talking about Oregon playing hardball to get more cash. 
Look, it's a seismic shift in the conference landscape. And uh, when we woke up this morning, Oregon was sort of viewed as the linchpin of the Pac-12's future. There was some quiet momentum where if they had stayed in the Pac-12, the league league might have forged on with its Apple primary streaming television deal. Uh, Oregon was in negotiations the whole time, and they ended up uh, playing hardball with the Big Ten a little bit, got a little more money, and they and Washington... Uh, a few hours later, were fully engaged and then finally did do the application for membership, which, again, started this process where we are. But uh, Oregon and Washington, two teams that have made the college football playoff in the last decade, headed to the Big Ten. All right, that's Pete Thamel. I want to get a call in here before we go to the break. Chris from L.A., I'm assuming that's Los Angeles, or it could be Louisiana, depending on the capitalization from our producer. We'll get there. (laughs) He played for Washington State. Chris, thank you so much for the phone call. Welcome to the show. Your thoughts on all this conference realignment, man. You're a coog. What are you thinking? Uh, Thank you uh, for taking my call. Uh, It's a little disappointing as a Washington State guy. Uh, I played – in, in the 80s and got to a bowl game and was able to play with Drew Bledsoe. I uh, had a chance to see Ryan Leaf have some success there. And it, it's disappointing to see uh, University of Washington, Oregon, and teams like that bail on us. But I, I understand why. Uh, we, we Sometimes we have not gotten to a point where we are competitive to a level where we are considered to be national championship caliber. And that's what Washington State is looking to get back to. But I understand when people take off and they leave, they have to do what's best for their schools, uh, for their universities, and their athletic program. So I have no problem, even though it hurts me for them to leave, business-wise, I have no issue with them taking off. That's a great phone call. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. Phones are open all night. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you're from the ACC, how concerned are you? What do you want to see happen? Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, we're here for you. Hit us up. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. We will continue to take your calls next. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Pac-12, as we know it, is dying. It is circling the drain. From coast to coast, athletic directors, commissioners, and decision makers in college athletics are paying attention to this and watching and waiting. And everybody's talking about what they're going to do if, indeed, that were to unfold and the Pac-12 were to dissolve. we got to get rid of all the warm and fuzzies out there. This is about survival. This is about dollars that are going to fund your university. 
All right, so here's how it currently looks. You know that USC and UCLA are jumping to the Big Ten next year. As of today, it looks like Washington and Oregon are set to join them as the Big 12, or excuse me, the Big 10 has voted yes on those two schools. As for the Big 12, you knew Colorado was heading over. Now it looks like Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah will be joining them. Four Pac-12 teams remain without a home, at least for the 2024 season. Those four schools will be Oregon State, Washington State, Cal and Stanford alongside Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Phone lines are open all night. Callers, we want to hear from you. If you're an alumni or a fan of Washington State, Oregon State, Cal Stanford, what's next? Where do you want to go? What are you hoping for? How do you figure your school pulls this off? And also, from everyone who's rooting for or affiliated with the ACC, what do you think is going to happen to you guys? Are you going to be fine? Florida State apparently wants out. Learn the lessons from the Pac-12. Figure it out sooner rather than later. Myron, I'll start from you before we go to the phones. What do you think happens yeah. with the ACC? you got to figure they're having some very nervous conversations right now because everyone else is solidified. They are, but I think we got to separate all the different scenarios for realignment. And the ACC is in a different situation because of that grant of rights. Remember, this morning when the Pac-12 was trying to save the Pac-12, they were trying to get the entire league to sign this grant of rights. What does that mean? It means the league will control your media rights for the duration of that agreement. The ACC controls Florida State's media rights through the 2036 season. So not only would Florida State have to pay a $120 million exit fee, they would also have to give the ACC a bunch of cash for every year of that deal that they're attached to with the grant of rights. So Florida State is in an economic situation, a financial situation. That's a lot different than what the Pac-12 schools were dealing with because they didn't have that grant of rights. I do think if you're the ACC, though, Joe, you do one thing and one thing only. You call a meeting with Notre Dame this weekend, and you don't (laughs) leave until they're a member of your conference because that, to me, is the only way you don't get poached by the other leagues. Notre Dame, what do you want? If Notre Dame says all the money and you're the ACC, you're probably saying yes, right? I mean, Notre yeah. Dame. They always find a way to put themselves in this spot. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. To the phones we go. Thomas from Atlanta. You went to the University of Virginia. All right, let us know. What are you thinking? As, a, as an ACC guy, what should they do? How concerned are you? Look, I'm going to be honest, as an ACC guy from Virginia, you know, we we love the sports outside of football. We're competitive every now and then, but at some point, they're going to be looking at the top dogs and trying to make their own money. So at some point, you got to look ahead and just say, well, who can we grab and go make our own conference? You know, you realize you're going to lose some money outside of football, but how can we be competitive outside of that? And it's going to become a two-tier league at some point. It's going to be East-West division. And, you know, Virginia, Vanderbilt, Boston College, NC State, even USC in that conversation, they're, they're not going to be around. They can't compete with the SEC. They can't even compete with the Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12. Like, they're, they're the bottom tier. They're going to be one left out. Appreciate the phone call. It's funny, the ACC finally doing away with the divisions. This year, very exciting yeah. in college football with what we could see in the conference championship game and then suggesting going right back okay. to the divisions. Let's stay with some ACC calls, and then we'll go back to the Pac-12. Uh, Michael from Atlanta. Michael from Atlanta, thank you for the phone call. Welcome to Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. What are you thinking about the ACC? 
Yeah, hey, folks, thanks for having me on. I think I would have to disagree with Thomas and also with Myron, what he said a minute ago, because I think the ship has already sailed on Notre Dame, and I think the ship has already sailed on keeping the ACC together. Part of the question here is what is the end game with conference realignment? And, it, you know, although it's clear that football is driving the bus now, when there are only two or three power conferences and when there are, when there are somewhere between 40 and 64 teams uh, aligned in those conferences, basketball comes into play. The NCAA tournament generates a little bit north of a billion a year, but the NCAA itself is inept, corrupt, you know, impotent. And I see at that point the top two or three leagues breaking away, and I think I see them taking basketball away. Then rap, yeah. basketball becomes a revenue generator in a serious way. But I, I, I'm, I actually think Virginia and North Carolina are wanted by both the Big Ten and the SEC. They represent new territory, and um, it might take a while. But I, I think that the ACC, the best teams are going to go to SEC and Big Ten, and some of the second-tier teams will go to Big 12. We're going to have three Super Bowls. Yeah. Appreciate the phone call. Myron, you cover basketball, college basketball, that is, about as well as anybody. Your thoughts on how that affects all of this? Yeah, I mean, there have been rumblings for years about the big schools breaking off, creating their own tournament. I mean, the current NCAA tournament deal goes through, you know, I think the next decade, 2032. So I don't think it'll happen before then. But it's a possibility. I do think with the strength of these leagues, especially the SEC and the Big Ten, they can do whatever they want. I mean, the NCAA doesn't have any power now. They don't hand out a football trophy. People don't know that. The NCAA does not give out a football trophy. It's not in their control. So if those leagues decide they want to do their own thing all the way around, they certainly have the power and influence to do that. Jim's in Idaho. He wants to talk about the Pac-12. Jim, we appreciate your time. Thank you for the phone call. Your thoughts on the Pac-12 and everything that's taken place the last 48 hours? Well, I just think that the uh, the die has been cast and uh, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. The... Uh, the whole era of college athletics uh, is is now ruined by NIL, the transfer portal, and uh, it just it just means that uh, yeah. Sounds like we lost the call there a little bit. Yeah, that's all right. Can I say something about the money real quick though? Go ahead. Steve Spur- Steve Spurrier was the first coach to make a million dollars in college football. I believe the year was nineteen ninety nine. I could be off by a few years. Now everybody's making eight, nine, ten million dollars. We weren't complaining when coaches were making this money, and nope. we were building billion-dollar stadiums. Like it's not like the money's new, Joe. It just now is affecting the alignment of conferences. Yeah, that's very well said. So for those of you just joining us, welcome to the show. It looks like USC, UCLA, who were already new, as well as Washington and Oregon heading to the Big Ten, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah set to head to the Big Twelve. What's left for the remaining four? Myron's talking about money. You want to talk money? The Lakers handed out some crazy money today. If you haven't heard about it, we're going to break this down next. Are they getting ready for the post-LeBron era? Isn't that an interesting question? He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. You're listening to Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers got some good news today. We're going to get to that in just a second. Alongside Myron Medcalf, my name is Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Phone lines still packed from the conversation earlier about conference realignment. ACC fans, Pac-12 fans, we'll be taking your calls all night. Triple eight, say ESPN. But for right now, Myron, help me make sense of this because I've been doing the math. It's not all that complicated. It's just hard to process. Anthony Davis, you know him. Mm -hmm. He and the Lakers have agreed to a three-year contract extension that is worth $186 million. You divide that by three. Like I said, relatively easy math. We all have calculators on our phones. $62 million a year. It means Anthony Davis will be under contract with the Lakers for the next five seasons and $270 million through 2028. So highest average annual value of a contract in NBA history did belong to Boston's Jalen Brown, who just re-upped and got $60.7 million per year over five years. Now it belongs to Anthony Davis at $62 million per year. I mean, oh my God. Like, we can talk yeah. about what it means for LeBron and the rest of the league in a minute, but $62 million a year for Anthony Davis? He's great, but I didn't realize we were even at that point right now. It's a lot of money, man, for a dude who, you know, he, he's, he's still, I think, in his late 20s, you know. Just turned um, 30 last March. Yeah, I mean, it's a ton of money, but I know there are going to be a lot of people, look at the injuries, who go, how could you do that? And I think we got to remember a couple things. One you got to sell tickets. You need someone that people are going to pay to come and see. And Anthony Davis is an eight-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, two-time All-NBA second team. He's led the league in blocks three times. Uh, This guy won a a championship in 2020. So it's not as easy to just replace him as people think. Okay, maybe you got Jokic or you got Embiid or Giannis if they're somehow available. Let's have a conversation. Beyond that, Joe, there's nobody better than Anthony Davis. That's a big, I think, in this league. So, of course, you pay him, especially in a world where you know LeBron James isn't going to play that much longer. So I get why you do this if you're the Lakers. But I also understand how Lakers fans or fans in general might be like, man, how many games is he going to play over the course of those three years? Because that's always the question mark with Anthony Davis. So he played 62 games in the 2019-2020 season with the Lakers. That's the most games he's played in a season in the last five years. If you go back to 2018-2019, his last year with the Pelicans, he played 56, then 62, then 36, then 40. Then this past year, he played 56 games. Injuries are concerned. Rest is a concern. Talent's there. It's just how often are you going to see it? I agree with your point. We talk about this in the NFL all the time when it comes to quarterbacks. I remember it was a big thing in Chicago with Jay Cutler. You see it a lot in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. He's not good enough. You saw it with Matthew Stafford in Detroit. He's just not good enough. He's not going to win a Super Bowl. Okay, I get it. You want to move on from Matthew Stafford in Detroit? You want to move on from Cousins in Minnesota? I get it. Who are you going to get to replace him? Mahomes is not available. 
Joe Burrow is not available. That's what the question always comes down to. You'd rather dance with the devil you know than the devil you don't because there aren't a whole lot of options out there to replace guys that do put up, put up productive numbers like Kirk Cousins. So if you're the Lakers, yeah, you can let Anthony Davis go. But what are you going to do to replace him? Now, what do you think this means for the future of LeBron James? Because everything that the Lakers do is always going to be dissected in that way. His contract's going to be expiring soon. There's always been a lot of talk that he wants to try to find a way to play with his son, Bronny, at some point. But Bronny just recently had the cardiac episode uh, with USC. He's recovering. Thankfully, all of that's going well. We don't know what the future holds. How do you think this shakes down with LeBron James? Real quick, Anthony Davis, to put this in perspective. Sure. Eli Manning and Peyton Manning made $500 million combined in their NFL career. Just NFL money. By the end of this deal, Anthony Davis will have made $496 million in his Ooh. career, Joe, and there might be another contract on the back end of that. I think this is certainly about LeBron Whoa. and the uncertainty there. I, I think the Bronny situation has changed a, a, a lot. Uh, I mean, LeBron was going to hang on because he wanted to potentially play with his son. And now not knowing if Bronny will play basketball again or what they decide to do, or maybe he does come back. I hope he comes back, and I'm glad he's okay. Uh, but I think LeBron – more than anything, is a family guy. Like, more than anything, that dude thinks about his people at home. And it's hard for me to imagine him staying two, three, four more years after this situation. So if you're the Lakers, you got to think, what's your next move? You can go out on the trade market. They've done that multiple times. It's worked for them. You bring in Shaq. You bring in LeBron. But if you got a guy in house like Anthony Davis that you can build around, uh, I think you have to do that, especially without knowing how much longer LeBron James is going to play. It's always worrisome when you hand out this much money over this many years, fully guaranteed, and have to think to yourself, all right, are we going to be able to get the best version of this guy for all of or most of this contract? Yep. Like Philadelphia Phillies fans right now are trying to figure out what just happened with Trey Turner. We handed him a mm-hmm. monster deal over a very long period of time with a full no trade clause, and he is one of the worst players in the National League right now. And people might think that's hyperbole. It's not. Just this yeah. year, Trey Turner is, in fact, one of the worst players in the National League. It doesn't mean for his whole career he is, but for this year he has been that bad. Hopefully he turns it around. We'll see how it plays out. But they've got a lot of years on that deal left to figure out, and that's fully guaranteed. You're not getting out of that. So if you're the Lakers right now, you sign this deal, there always has to be the worrisome component of whether or not the player will get complacent and will just ride some of it out. Davis does, in fact, have a ring. What do you think his mindset's going to be going forward? He actually he wants to go out and play. I'm not necessarily questioning it, but are you going to get a yeah. great Anthony Davis all the way through the end of this deal, do you think? I don't know because I can't ignore the injury concern. Right. When he's on the court, he's one of the better players in the NBA. Again, if you say he's not Jokic, fine. If you tell me he's not Embiid or Giannis, fine. He's right behind those guys, though. You know, And healthy Anthony Davis, remember, was viewed as that caliber of a player just a couple of years ago with the Pelicans, nearly won MVP the year that DeMarcus Cousins went down. Then he comes over and wins a title with LeBron James, and you can make the case that he was the most important player in that series in the bubble when they won. Yeah. But I do understand the hesitancy with a guy who has played 70 or more games twice in 11 seasons. That's it. We've seen 70-plus games out of AD two times in 11 seasons. That's troubling, right? When you think about him going into his 30s, making that kind of money, and perhaps not being worth that money. So, uh, But if they get healthy Anthony Davis, 
you can build around him. You can attract more free agents. Uh, if he doesn't get on the floor, that's going to be something we probably talk a lot about in sports media because we'll be saying how much they overspent on him. Alongside Myron Metcalf, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Let's turn it over to some of our cohorts here at ESPN. Ramona Shelburne, ESPN NBA senior writer on the Davis deal and what it might mean for LeBron. There's this uncertainty that hangs over the Lakers' future with regard to LeBron James because of this might be his last year there. He has left the door open on whether he wants to retire, whether he wants to go play someplace else where one of his sons is playing. Um, that whole situation has got obviously uh, has a different tenor to it now with what's happened with Bronny James. But Anthony Davis is going to be there. And that is a huge deal for the Los Angeles Lakers to know that you have a superstar signed up for the next five years. Very much so. And that's the point Myron made earlier, and I completely agree with it. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst on NBA Today, talking about Anthony Davis and the new three-year, $186 million extension. The Lakers has done right by Anthony Davis. He has signed two deals since he's been in a Laker uniform. They have done everything to try to put him in position to be successful. Now it's on AD to deliver in great fashion. I talked about how he's the top five talent. Now he needs to go out there and prove it and be available. And again, put his name back in the conversation with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Jokic as one of the best bigs in the game and be, and be reliable. Quick side note, Kendrick Perkins yeah. was in Las Vegas recently. I believe his sons were playing in a basketball tournament. He stopped by the yeah. ESPN studios here in Las Vegas to do some work. I happened to run into him. Went in for the big hug, got completely swallowed up. He is a mountain yeah, yeah. of a human being. Have you seen him in person before? I've not seen him in person. He's uh, a house, but I can I can imagine. I can imagine. He's, have you do, do you see his kids? No, I, I have not. I would have to imagine the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah, that's a like you got to eat your your Wheaties, uh, your vitamins, you know, to handle those kids because those, those are some big kids and they're skilled too. You know, so I think he got kicked out of a game. I believe Perk got uh, ejected from a AAU game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be arguing with him. Like I went into Big <laughs> yeah, Perk. Like, you know the thing where you do like the it's it's not it's not the handshake and it's not the high five. It's yeah. like the grip, and then no. you come in, you do the hug. So we did yeah. that, and he was bringing me in, and I was like, this this is not going to go. <laughs> yeah. This Can isn't going to be two yeah. humans balanced <laughs> yeah. out. Like I'm not going to be able no. to get my hand around to the no. back, and I just got swallowed yeah. up. And for a moment yeah. there, you realize yeah. if he falls over, this is done. I'm, I'm, it's that's it. it. Forty two years, I'm done. Listen, and you hear guys going, to fall forward. I, you hear guys going, I could take on a pro athlete. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and then you see them in person and it's just, oh, my goodness. Like it's if you're different. ever next to, I remember the, the most shocking thing. I was covering a Super Bowl. It was the Saints and the Colts back in whatever that was, 09, 10, something like that. It was in Miami. Peyton Manning took the stand at media day. I had never seen Peyton Manning before. He's skinny. Yes, but he's still huge. Peyton Manning, yes. he's like 6'5". And then when you see him next to all the guys on the field, they make him look small because those guys yeah. are gigantic. He's not small. He's just not as large as the other human beings on the field. You see some of this in person. It's wildly intimidating. And you cover basketball. I could imagine that's Dude. even more so. Dude, it's, it's, a different, it's a different deal, man. You see these guys, <laughs> you're like, you have no chance in not, anything. Not. Done. All right. It's time for the latest installment of ESPN Radio's Two-A-Days. We're getting to a very interesting team here, the Miami Dolphins. Some here in Vegas were very bullish, but the injury to Jalen Ramsey means something. 
how much. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two-A-Day. Time is here! On ESPN Radio, the Miami Dolphins. Blue 58, go! I'm ESPN Dolphins reporter Marcel Louis-Jacques, and the number one storyline I'm following this training camp is how quickly this defense can snap into shape. At the low average unit in 2022, the Dolphins made a major splash at defensive coordinator hiring one of the greatest minds in NFL history in Vic Fangio with a now healthy Xavier Howard and budding third-year stars in Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips. The Dolphins have the pieces to be a top five unit on that side of the ball. We know what Tua, Tyreek, and this offense can do, but as we saw last year, a dominant defense could be the difference between a wild card exit and a Super Bowl run in South Florida. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. All right, let's set the stage. One of the most interesting and entertaining teams in the NFL last season, the Miami Dolphins in Las Vegas. 25-1 to to win the Super Bowl, 12-1 to to win the AFC, 3-1 to to win their division. The AFC East, odds-wise, currently stacks up like this. Buffalo is your favorite at plus 125, followed by the Jets, followed by the Dolphins, and the Patriots way behind at 8-1. to The win total for the Miami Dolphins, you can bet over or under 9.5 wins. If you bet over, that means they need to win 10 or more games for you to cash that ticket. If you bet under, 9 or fewer wins to cash that ticket. One of the more interesting teams in the NFL last season, Myron Medcalf. A lot of explosiveness on offense. Mike McDaniel did a hell of a job in year one. The addition of Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator in year two should mean big things. What's the ceiling for this Miami team in 2023? I think they're contenders. I mean, Vic Fangio coming in, I think that's a big deal. Now, the question mark about Jalen Ramsey is not something you can overlook. Uh, his health and, and basically being available, unavailable for the whole season matters a lot. That was a huge acquisition. They got to turn to someone else, uh, multiple players probably, because one guy can't make up for him. But you still got Xavier Howard, David Long Jr. You traded for Bradley Chubb at the deadline last year. So the Dolphins are in a position to be a top 10 unit with Vic Fangio, maybe a top five group. And if that's the case, uh, not only do I think they can win that division, uh, as difficult as, that, as difficult as it will be to beat Buffalo, uh, but you know they got a chance to, to win it all, I think. Now, two has to be healthy. Uh, and that's the biggest question mark. Last year, you had a capable veteran in Teddy Bridgewater who filled in behind him, and you could trust him to a certain degree. Mike White, the backup now, I don't know if that's the same pedigree, but it all comes down to Tua's health, how they feel in behind Ramsey with the injury, uh, and, and you know if they can get rolling and have all those guys out there for the duration of the season. All right, so let's talk a minute about Jalen Ramsey, our very own Marcel-Louis Jacques was talking with Freddie and Fitzsimmons recently about the injury to Jalen Ramsey at cornerback. Take a listen. They do have some cornerback depth. They still have another former All-Pro in Xavier Howard. He's been a pro bowler each of the past three years, four total overall in his career. Mm -hmm. He's finally healthy after dealing with some soft tissue injuries the past couple years. He is still a number one corner. After that, it's a lot of youth. There are guys on this team. They don't completely, the unit doesn't completely fall apart without Jalen Ramsey. But let's also not get it twisted. There's no replacing a Jalen Ramsey. He's the best cornerback in the league, arguably. 
Huge blow. Absolutely huge blow. Yeah. The addition of Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator, huge get. The unit will still be better. But losing Ramsey in a division where you're going to face Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen four times a year is going to matter and it's going to hurt. People forget this team started 8-3 and three last year and then they went on the road trip to end all road trips at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at the Bills. Three weeks in a row, they lost all three of those games. They came home on Christmas to play the Packers. They lost that game. Then they immediately had to go back out on the road and play the Patriots. They lost that game. They beat the Jets at the end of the season. They get into the playoffs. They go to Buffalo. They actually put on a hell of a show against the Bills and almost take them out but come up just short. Expectations this year, get in, maybe make some noise. But ultimately, the health of Tua, Myron, like you brought up, is going to be the key factor. If he stays healthy all season long, do you see this team maybe as someone could reach the AFC championship game? Are we still a year away from something like that? No, I think they're a sleeper, maybe even not a sleeper to do that. I mean, the Jalen Ramsey injury hurts a lot just because of the quarterbacks you got to go through. You got to deal with Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, what they're doing. I mean, that's just going to be tough even in your own division. And then that's not even talking about going to Patrick Mahomes and all the other players you're going to have to see to get out of the AFC. But there's a chance, you know, Um, and I think Tua, when he was healthy, there was a stretch where only Patrick Mahomes, I think, was better, was more accurate, had a higher QBR. So I think healthy Tua matters a lot. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Wilder, you know you have some of the best weapons in the entire NFL, but can you keep everybody on the field? That's going to be the big question. Odds makers see it as Buffalo the favorite to win the AFC East, Jets right behind them, Dolphins right behind them, Patriots in fourth. Do you agree that's how the finish will look when we get to January? Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. Man, I healthy Dolphins I'd put ahead of the Jets, you know. I think Jets could have a, the best defense in the entire NFL. But, again, we don't know what Aaron Rodgers were getting. Um, and I think that's going to factor into everything. But the Jets could be a really good team and still not good enough to make noise because of that division. But Dolphins are number two to me. I was – I was dead wrong on Miami last year. I didn't think it was going to necessarily work out with Mike McDaniel. I hadn't been a big fan of Tua like a lot of people. It's not like that was a surprise. I wasn't sure what Tyreek Hill was going to look like without Patrick Mahomes. I wasn't sure what Patrick Mahomes was going to look like without Tyreek Hill. Everyone was flourishing. Everyone. That Dolphins game against the Ravens back in week two where Miami came storming all the way back to win 42-38. So much happened after that point in the season. People forget about that game. That was one of the best games of the year. Like You can talk about how the Ravens mismanaged that game and blew it. They blew several games in the fourth quarter last year. They had a big one, I believe, against Buffalo as well that they stumbled through. But that game was insane. And it kind of set the stage for a big year for Miami when Tua was healthy. He stays healthy this year. That's going to be a hell of a fun offense to watch. But again, the key, he's got to stay healthy. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.